Gordano. Gordano. This is the best of the first year of Sorry, Not in Service. This is a subjective abstract as a concept. <laughs> this may well be the biggest waste of time you've ever had. This may be a larger waste of time than the first six months of your life, <laughs> where you were essentially an unformed human being. You may as well have stayed where you came from, for mm. all the use you were. Were it not for the evolutionary pressures necessary, you would have spent the next six months in the womb. But no, you had to be born early in order to accommodate your brain, which you are now wasting. <laughs> Hence evolution turns full circle. Enjoy. Sorry, not in service. It's the Stereo Lab stop. Medic! Good evening and welcome to 10 Radio's premier waffle iron. Sorry, not in service. Joining you tonight, Don Lorette Corner. It's the Ratko Maladich you can't disparage. The atheist sidekick with a canine sidekick. The bull-shouting centre of veracity. It will, the psychological endgame, Lee. And in the one remaining corner of this monodimensional audio ring, he's got teeth like an otter and wants to be Derek Trotter. You can't stop his wits unless he's having a fit. He spends his days counting cows and his nights with the frows. Women. He's the lover you love to hate if you don't like him or what he represents unless you haven't heard of him. It's Simon, the frenulum of destiny. Lee! Turn radio. What would be in your favourite picnic, William? One of the things that would be in my favourite picnic is sausage rolls, because I like <laughs> sausage and rolling. One of the favourite things that would be in my picnic would be cucumber sandwiches with the crusts cut off, because I don't like crusts, but I like cucumber in between bread. One of my favourite things that would be at a picnic would be some kind of a tartan bedspread chucked on grass. One of my favourite <laughs> things that would be at a picnic would be some thick dry grass that has been woven together to form the things for carrying the picnic. One of my favourite things at the picnic would be ball games on the grass. One of my favourite things at a picnic would be not ants. One of my favourite things at a picnic would be uh, Robina, both red and orange. One of my favourite things at a picnic would be some sweets or afterwards, but not too many sweets because I get silly excited. One of my favourite things at a picnic would be, would be cups of tea and coffee for the grown-ups. One of my favourite things at a picnic would be would be drinking things out of plastic things and eating things off plastic things. One of my favourite things at a picnic would be not oh, having metal cutlery. Stop it! One of my Stop it! Jeez. Oh, Simon, what do you like? It's just being with friends. <laughs> I don't like having friends at picnics. I go to picnics on my own. Play your special music for special you. <laughs> right, to um to get Simon back, because last last week he played some dread last last show he played some dreadful things. For my wife. None of them would be at a picnic that I would enjoy. 
um, I've decided, well, partially to try and get back at him, and also because I'm starting to run out of upbeat music that isn't metal, I gave the game away. I'm going to play some metal. Uh, so this is Brokass Helm with Cry of the Banshee from the album Defender of the Crown. Well, very good. Right, do one. Lovely. Just feel that. You feeling it? What the hell was that? I've no idea what that end bit was. <laughs> just, they just thought they'd throw in a little extra bit. I don't know what um, that is. Well, that's great radio. Oh, that, that is great radio. Um, that was also them uh, with Baby Please Don't Go. Actually, because I think it was taken off the uh, soundtrack album for Good Morning Vietnam, um, which is a little bit like uh, what I feel I'm in right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's probably why it had that strange little extra bit. Um, I thought I'd continue with a little bit more of my story from uh, Weymouth, mm. the, um, the South Town. Because, obviously, I'm a massively socially awkward person. You may have picked that up from some of the earlier stories. Um, on the first night, when I'd been told that I could go out and I could have a meal, not to the cost of more than £20, right. and it, I could claim it on expenses, yes. I realised I was going to be obliged to walk into some form of a restaurant. Right. But I don't really like doing that whole thing. Okay. And so instead what I did was walk up and down Weymouth, up and down Weymouth, up and down Weymouth, <laughs> until such time as all the restaurants had closed <laughs> <laughs> and I had to walk into a chippy so when I do hand in my receipts it's just going to be first night fire chips um, <laughs> ah, which I ate uh, sat in a uh, Victorian style booth uh, looking out at the lasers they shoot out of a tower in Weymouth it's a lovely place it's so natural and old, oldie worldy <laughs> with its lasers with its lasers yeah, and, and it's, it's awful it, chip shops. And it's strange men wandering yeah. up and down the uh, the coastline. Um, yeah, the point, the thing is, the second night, mm -hmm. I went, you know what? Oh, I'm that was only your first night, okay. That was only my first night. Right. Second night, yeah. I, you know, I did the sensible thing, and I phoned my darling brother, Simon. Hello. And I said, Simon, help. I don't know what to do. And you talked me through the entire process of walking into a restaurant. And I chose one. And the previous night, I ha I'd nearly walked into this restaurant, but I decided against it because um, at the top of the stairs, towards the back of this restaurant, I could see approximately seven angry Italian people <laughs> shouting at each other and gesturing out of the window. And presumably they also looked in, saw me stood out there in the rain looking at them <laughs> and then walking off. <laughs> no, this place isn't for me. That might explain why they gave me an odd look when I came in the next day. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I went in, I did as you said, Simon. What was that? I what, went in. What did I tell you? I can't remember. I to you told me to just go in and ask for a table and sit down and order some food, and it all went fine. Okay, and well, that's I ordered good. That's a good steak. Advice. Yes. And, the, and the man a steak in an Italian restaurant. Yeah, they sold steak, so I'm, okay, I'll have a steak. Fine. And uh, yeah, and, and and the man said, um, it comes with uh, potatoes and, and, and beans. It comes with potatoes, meat, and carrots. Fine, what, uh, yeah. And I, and I went, oh, that's good, because um, I, I was just happy with the steak. Oh. And he responded uh, by going, "It's free. It's free. It comes with the food." <laughs> yeah. So that that went well. Good. Yeah. Good. And I, I I I ate my steak and I walked out and I stopped at the door and looked back, and the waiter looked at me, and just at that moment, simple mind struck up, <laughs> and I walked into the rain. <laughs> Medic. Hi, I'm Daniel Finter of Daniel Finter's Vintage Dentist Waiting Room Magazine Display and Fun Dungeon. If you like old copies of Hello Magazine, 
or fun dungeons, get along to Stawley, parking on the street, or at Nigel's. Putting the fun in fun dungeons. And that was, of course, uh, Modular Living by uh, Eat Lights, Become Lights. And, uh, Simon, what are lights? <laughs> <laughs> What is light? What is light? <laughs> I don't know, but apparently if you eat it, you become it. Ah. You are what you eat, I suppose, is the message of that song. Um, Lights. Now, um, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard from Carnivore, his wonderful music. You've heard from Bob, his wonderful speaking. We're going to delve into the mind of Bob Sainsbury, a.k.a. brackets as known as Carnivore. Carnivore. Now, Bob, these are... Um, these are questions that I've taken from Smash Hits magazine. Brilliant! In an interview oh, they sorry, had. Sorry, Smash Hits magazine. Well, I wonder if you heard, read this one. It's uh, <laughs> an interview. You're going to be Smash Hits. I'm going to be Smash Hits magazine. Uh, this is oh, yeah. from an interview from 1984. All right. With uh, with Spandau Ballet. Only two years old. Well, presumably, then you hadn't you haven't yeah, read these yeah, questions yeah. already. So these are the questions that were put precocious. to Spandau Ballet. Martin Kemp, all, all, all of them, or all just one well, of them? There were three of them in the interview that I read. So. Okay. Um, so Bob, let's see how you get on with these questions. Thank you, William. Questions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Interrogative statements. Okay. Have any of the group ribbed you about your handbag? <laughs> My handbag. Yeah. Have you been ribbed as a consequence by, by, by anyone in the carnival group? Well, yeah. I've been known to like carry a tatty satchel around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, and, and um, I'm sure what? the rest of the band have given you like. Yeah. Yeah. Looks. A lot, a lot of grief. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, that can happen. Yeah. Um, but uh, have you ever entered any horse riding competitions? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm afraid that bypassed me. Like, really? The yeah, horse ra horse it riding nearly happened. Might nearly happened at the village fete, but um, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's that, no, that's I fine. Know. I mean, that's the nature of the yeah. question. You know, you you don't necessarily know that yeah. the answerer has, has done these things. Um, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What does? What does? What does? What does? What does? What does your mum think of your mother boy image? My mother <laughs> boy, boy image? Mothers. Mothers. Mother's what boy. Your mother boy. Does my mum know I have a mother boy image? Well, I, she ah. does now. What did Gary Kemp say? I haven't got the answers here. Ah. These are, these oh, are just, just for you. I can tell you later. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so NA, probably for that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, if I changed my name to Marvin, would you listen to me all night long? Yeah, I probably would. I would anyway. <laughs> Whether he was called Marvin or not. Yeah, well, really. We'll put that to the test. William will phone you this evening before you lay your <laughs> weary head on your pillow. And you have to listen to him all, all night, night long. long. <laughs> Just prattling along. Bob. Yeah? Bob. Who would you most like to be cast away with? A. Princess Diana. A Princess oh, Diana. Okay. B. J from Buck's Fizz. BJ. Or C. Elsie Tanner. Who's the last one? I have absolutely no idea. Elsie Tanner. <laughs> Elsie Tanner. Well, uh, At least she was a cowboy girl. Yeah. Princess Diana would be a corpse right now. <laughs> so, um, would be... so, ruling out the corpses? Yeah. <laughs> you so could use like, some of her more delicate bones as like fish hooks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Jay from Buck's Fizz? Sorry for that bombshell. <laughs> if you didn't already know. Uh, spoiler alert. But yeah. <laughs> Turn away from the radio. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was the last one? We got Jay from Buck's Fizz. Thoughts? 
cast on the desert island. Happy with Which, that. How Just, many I, bucks fizz were I there? I think there were four. Two boys was, and the, the, the two girl, girls. Cheryl Baker was Cheryl one of Baker them, right? was one of them. So the one that wasn't Cheryl Baker. And this guy, yeah. I don't know. How, I mean, how old is he? I have, hey. I've, not, I've got no details. Would, would we have any similar interests? <laughs> <do you reckon? laughs> I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I, asked, I asked the question. Sorry, sorry. Is yeah. it Can Diana, some... Jay, or Elsie? I might take a chance with Elsie. <laughs> <laughs> Get to know her. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You're not you arriving be... with any preconceptions. Yeah, exactly. So, so Carnivore is going to be cast away with um, Elsie Tanner, whoever that is. Uh, Oh, yeah. Have you any phobias? Phobias. Yeah. Um. I used to like really not enjoy kettles. I think I've got over <laughs> that. I've got over that now. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't know if not enjoying is the same as having a phobia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting along with these spiders at yeah. all. I don't enjoy ITV news, but I don't think it's a phobia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's what you, that's what's going to be yeah. published. Okay, yeah. fine. Um, Bob, would you like to go to the moon? If so, what would you take? Too Big if. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> what would I take to the moon? I would like to go to the moon. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I'll take my musical instruments probably. Yeah. And and instrument as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but we haven't really talked about instrument. Maybe we'll talk about instrument a little yeah. bit later on. We have one final question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yep. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm in the. He's in the zone. Bob. Yeah. Are you dating Shirley from Wham? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Shirley? Who? Shirley from Wham. Wham. But isn't there like George and Andrew in Wham? Not according to Smash Hits in 1984. Was there like two different whams? I have no idea. Well, the, the question was, are you dating Shirley from Wham? I didn't take time to read the answer. Oh, I'm, I'm I mean, you might be giving the same answer that Kemp did. They're, they're probably like too old for me. Really? Maybe. Maybe. I don't well, know. Yeah, fine. What would Elsie think of that? Oh, that's a very oh, good point. Yeah, actually. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What about Elsie? Yeah, Come that's a good point. Guys. You're a one-woman one uh, guy. So um, <laughs> those are the questions that were posed to Bob and the bits between the questions were the answers. <laughs> Thus is the nature of interview. Here's Sophie Madeline with a song as testament to this room. And it's lovely. Oh. I'm going to look up Elsie Tanner. I know you are. So there we go. Now, listeners, we are going to do our final round of this mega, mega marathon <laughs> competition. It's so exciting. It's an idea that we've ha we hatched more probably about what ten minutes before we arrived uh, yeah. in Wivy tonight. Let's face it, though, some of our best ideas are hatched ten minutes before we start doing them. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes they're hatched as they happen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But those are the less successful ones. We are going to be doing, in a similar vein to audio pictionary, we're going to be doing audio catchphrase. Uh, you, you'll remember the TV show Catchphrase with Roy Walker? Remember catchphrase. it? Catchphrase. Uh, say what you see. Roy Walker. Roy Walker. Catchphrase. <laughs> say what you see. Roy Walker. And so on and so forth. Uh, so we are going to be uh, 
sort of describing uh, describing a, a scenario, and yeah. uh, it's it sort of it, 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 there's a catchphrase within, and we want you to to tell us what the catchphrase is. You'll get the hang of it. Uh, send your answers to sorry not in service at yahoo.co.uk or onto yep. our Facebook page. Here comes the very first one. So I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, what's Mr. Chips up to? So, Mr. Chips is, um, is sort of sidling up to a goose, and um, the goose is sort of, he's been made aware of what Mr. Chips is, is up to, because um, he he's been sort of telegraphing that information, he sort yeah. of he warned him in advance, he sent him a letter in the week and said, uh, I'm going to be approaching you, and yeah. uh, so you're not surprised, but Mr. Chips is, is following through with that. And he said from a distance, sir, cooey, cooey, I'm over here, don't be, don't be alarmed, I'm on my way, and uh, he's just sort of sidled up to the goose and they're busy jumping up and down because they're having a good time so what might that catchphrase be listeners what was mr chips what was mr to? chips up to i i these are crazy characters email, isn't sorry not in service at yahoo.co.uk or go to the uh facebook page facebook.com forward slash sorry not in service 10 radio or our website sorry not in service.com and let us know things. let's get a fax number should we, should we have another uh have another catchphrase are we gonna have another go let's have another go so uh I ask you, listeners, we ask you, what's Mr. Chips up to? So, Mr. Chips, oh, William, no, this ahead. time round, what Mr. Chips has done what is he up to, Mr. Chips? What's, what's Mr. Chips up to? Uh, he's, uh, he's got a uh, big old Tipex pen that he had in the 90s, yeah. and he's, uh, he's written a big S on his forehead. Uh, uh, oh, right, okay, well, uh, and he's, he's, he's eating something there, he's isn't he? Eating, I can yeah, see him eating. What are you eating? It's pills of some sort, but uh, candies or sweetmeats. Sort of skittles. Skittles. That's what they're called, isn't it? Skittles. Mr. Chips is yeah. eating a load of skittles, and he's getting very big and round, and he's, a, he's turning into a primary colour. With curious a on his face. So I wonder what Mr. Mr. Chips, Chips is up to. So there was a catchphrase within that description. Yes. What do you think it might be? Mr. S Mr. Chips eating Skittles and then turning all round and bulbous. What could it possibly and be? Brightly coloured with hey, an S on it. Here's the thing. Before we get through to the last clue, maybe we should discuss uh, exactly what it is that people might stand a chance of winning. We remind oh, that's them. a good point. Build so, up a bit yes, of tension. Exactly. So if you weren't Chris, already into Chris this, Chris Tarrant style. That's right, listeners. We have ordered some stationery, some authentic, sorry not in service stationery, ordered off of the internet, no less. Yes. We have uh, got um, uh, tape measures, pens. Yep. Uh, uh, what else was there? Charcoal? No. No. There was something else. Uh, line, uh, lies. Oh, and it, yes, it was a, it was a um, uh, uh, key ring. Light keyring torch. Oh, keyring light. Yes, key, yes, keyring torch. Yes. So, um, so we've got these things on order. They should be coming, and um, we will be presenting them to. I think. I think it's going to be the top three in our league table. I think the top three will. So be the top receiving. three currently is uh, is Yoda, no, Barry in first, uh, Yoda in second, and Doctor Colin in third place. So uh, all to play for. Now, are we going to do the final catchphrase, Will? I think I think it's about time we did the final catchphrase. And which one is this? Uh, no, it's the, um, uh, the yes. Okay, fine. Oh yes, of course. Are we, that do, one. are we actually doing this one? Yes, we are actually doing this one. Right. Okay. So for the final time, the final catchphrase. And if you want to listen to this again, you can listen to the podcast, which will be up over the weekend, or go to our website, and I'll put it up there over the weekend. What's, What's Mr. Mr. Chips up to? Now, uh, Mr. Chips is, uh, well, basically, he's, he's with a couple of friends, and these friends, they're getting on famously. Uh, they're lying on the ground, and they're really going for it, aren't they? <laughs> famously. <laughs> they're getting on famously. I mean, man alive, but what's Mr. Chips up to? <laughs> 
Mr. Chips is a In many ways, this, this third entrant into this scenario is spoiling everything for the couple that are, what did you say? They're getting along famously. They're getting along famously in the park on the ground. So, the arrival of Mr. Chips has spoiled everything. Yeah. He's on a unicycle. <laughs> getting along famously. My goodness. Um, so, anyway, listeners, that's the final competition. <laughs> Prizes will be awarded to the winners on our next show, which will be the first one in May. I oh Mr. Chips, what a guy! What's he up to? What's he up to? Uh, this goes out to um, any fans of telecommunications adverts. Medic. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's yep. time for us to read some um, read some Christmas cracker jokes out. So, um, yep. We'll be doing that. We'll be doing that uh, right now. So, uh, Simon, uh, you go. You go first. <laughs> what what joke did you get? What does an angry kangaroo do? I, I, I don't know. He's a, he gets hopping mad. <laughs> hopping mad because a kangaroo hops. William, uh, uh, which is the faster? Hot or cold? I haven't the foggiest. Hot, because you can catch cold. All right. <laughs> um, William, what do you get when you cross a snowman and a shark? Um, oh, something pretty, something pretty dreadful, but fun, I imagine. <laughs> Frostbite. Frostbite. <laughs> Sharks bite. Snow, snowmen are made of frost and ice. Um, uh, why did the mechanic sleep under the car? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Wanted to get up oily in the morning. <laughs> uh, William, what do you call a man with a paper bag on his head? <laughs> a, a, a fool or a really fun fellow. Uh, you, you, you'd call him Russell. <laughs> Russell bag. The bag Russell. Uh, how does Jack Frost get to work? <laughs> I haven't got to... <laughs> by, uh, by icicles. <laughs> by icicles. <laughs> Oh, William, what did the sea say to the sand? Oh, yes. <laughs> Nothing. What? It just waved. <laughs> what? what do you call a man with a spade on his head? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Doug. Uh, William, what, what do you call two robbers? <laughs> Uh, two robbers? Yes, two robbers. Um, I don't know what... Uh, do you call, what do you, you call, would call two robbers? A two pair of... a pair of knickers. <laughs> William, have you... Oh, what a jolly time of year this is. As a sound... A sound to keep... A 
Everything's going to be called this Christmas by the Eels Band. And jolly exciting it was too. And Wasn't it uh, just? Hope you enjoyed our Christmas jokes as well. We we, we sure did. Uh, uh, ladies and them. gentlemen, we're going to be reading now from uh, yes. uh, our first yes. extract from the Quantock Hall uh, by John M. Barrett, uh, which was a Christmas present that William gave me this year. Uh, it's an extraordinary work. Um, I mean, the reason I like it so much is because... Um, it's littered with spelling mistakes. <laughs> it certainly is. <laughs> There's often sort of at least two spaces where there would normally be one between a word. Yeah, double spacing um, they call it, and it's kind setting. of or triple spacing, and it, it's everything That's is powerful. so. There's so many extraneous details in every section that I've read. It's it's kind of like it's written from the perspective of a jar of honey as opposed to a human <laughs> and the jar of honey doesn't really understand the human world so it needs to say things like uh, he opened the door which was attached via hinges <laughs> to a frame uh, Sam, would you care to uh, read uh, the, synop uh, the synopsis so people can get an idea of the overview of the uh, the tome right, okay. well, it, it says that it's a thriller of suspense and psychic phenomena certainly is and it's a new concept in thriller story writing yes so, um, so that's so I mean, a I new can, concept I can attest to that yep uh, there's a, uh, this is the uh, the, the back page uh, highlights. Yep. Uh, there is a legend going back to the early 1800s of hoard of treasure. <laughs> of hoard of treasure. Yeah, just, just, yeah. It actually says that on the back page. <laughs> yep. There is a legend going back to the early 1800s of hoard of treasure, <laughs> which has been buried in the Contoc Hills, situated <laughs> in the <laughs> situated in the Vale of Taunton Dean, a short distance from the county town of Taunton. Sometime in the early 1800s, a priest and his manservant were supposed to have discovered the whereabouts of a site and the entrance to it, which, by folklore, they had done so by digging down into the ground and found the iron doors which was said to lead to it. Gotta love an iron door. As they I were trying to open doors. them, there was, supposedly coming from below them, horrific cries and a terrible feeling of evil. I mean, that's just the first paragraph of the synopsis. Well, it's a remarkable work. I think before we continue lampooning this book, um, it, we, we should just point out that if John M. Barrett is a... Uh, um, a, a friend of Ten Radio, friend of Ten Radio, or a major, <laughs> a major financier of the station. Then um, we're talking about a different John M. Barrett. Yeah. And he's plagiarising you. Yeah, get um, him. So get, uh, get him, Johnny B. William, um, pick a number. From, oh, but by the way, this isn't like a pamphlet-sized book by just like a. Just, this is quite a mighty it's, it's tome. A hefty, hefty book in quite a small font as well. It's a tiny that. font. If you're going to suddenly spin off into talking <laughs> about how lovely a pub is. <laughs> It's uh, it's 281 pages long, and it is a small font, and the words do pretty much go down into the spine of the book. <laughs> well, I'll take some photos in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, William, pick pick a page. Uh, as I say, 83, uh, my birthday. No, it's mine. And um, well, uh, a, a, par a paragraph. It's I mean, there aren't many paragraphs in this book, um, but 
<laughs> conventional ones anyway. I mean, it is a new concept in writing. William, um, pick, pick a paragraph. Two. Two, okay. My birthday. Um, right, okay, so I think we've got some extraneous details here. Right. Okay. She had away. been inside the church the evening before when she saw the car was still in the car park, using the spare key to the church they kept at home. Has she been notified of his death yet? No, we have only received the reports ten minutes ago and I just happened to be in the communications room when they came through and brought them straight here. The other one, what do we know of him? He's not a lot, there's not a lot really. He was 43, a black West Indian, unmarried, named Leon. Missing was... Missing was... Missing was filed by his brother. That's missing a chunk of sentence there. (laughs) And was only done after he had not been seen for over a week and it was only done then when another church member had chanced to see him after he had returned from holiday a little over a week before. (laughs) (laughs) It was only when the friend had spoken to the brother and had inquired if his brother had enjoyed his holiday in the West Indies he had found out he had returned. The brother was a little concerned when going around to his brother's house a few times and not being able to see him. There were there or contacting him by telephone then just to, I mean it goes on and on that is not right. a full stop in that I've got to raise a question Simon yes. right can you just by looking at the paragraph around there was mention of a communication room are these people police officers or likewise in some kind of significant career where they should be? oh wow what are they the first well the first words in chapter 14 sucks uh D.I. Loveridge <laughs> sat looking out of the office window totally confused <laughs> Someone's been reading John M. Barrett's previous works. <laughs> on his desk were the reports of the two bodies found on the outskirts of Bridgewater. Plus the one found by the two... By the two? <laughs> found by the two detectorists at Stoke Crawford. <laughs> detectorist isn't a word. Detectorists? Third line down, first word. Detectorists? <laughs> there was nothing that made sense about any of it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think that should have been on the synopsis of... Uh, the uh, the Quantock Hall, duh, um, by uh, John M. Barrett. And um, listeners, we'll be returning to uh, the, the Quantock Hall later on. I mean, it's a punctuation nightmare. I'll take some photographs. Uh, it's an extraordinary work. And uh, William, thank you very much for the present. <laughs> there had been aspects of wounds inflicted on the body the pathologist could not explain by conventional means. <laughs> <laughs> Only by unconventional, unconventional means. <laughs> The mind. pathologists have sent another mind meld again. <laughs> oh, oh, that's absolutely first class. Uh, here's Little Drummer Boy by the Dandy Warhols. Certainly. And uh, it's got a little bit of intro because it's by the Dandy Warhols. Just filling out the song. Yep. Yeah, it's working now. Hey guys, we want three minutes of music. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Gordano, this is Simon. Gordano, this is William. And uh, Gordano, this is uh, Simon Munnery. Hello. How are you doing? Good. All Excellent. Right, not bad, getting worse. Well, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll make the most of it now before you yeah. get really bad. We've just seen your wonderful show, File. Oh, thank you. Uh, and it was terrific. 
Um, but we'll get the sort of the, the, the normal question out of the way. Tell us about the show, Simon. Take that one off. Well, uh, my theory is the camera amplifies the face in the same way the microphone amplifies the voice, and the camera is an instrument that should be used, well, it definitely could be used by live performers. That it, it, there's something absurd about the microphone. Uh, even the smallest comedy club, there'll be a little microphone and 30 people in a room. You don't need a microphone for 30 people in a room, but it, it, it's something about it. It's an instrument, mm-hmm. right? a singer. You can, it allows you to... Uh, uh, speak very softly but still be heard by everyone. Well, the camera is the same thing, it amplifies the face, so you can do a tiny gesture and uh, everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it helps people with uh, not very good vision, that, that affects me as a, as a glasses wearer. I, you know. uh, so it's just something I've stumbled on and I'm going to keep stumbling along <laughs> doing it until, um, until I decide otherwise, you know, or, or, or it works. Fantastic. Well, I, I for one say it works. Hands up, you think it works? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, there's three, three, four, great on the radio. four out of six people <laughs> who agree that it works. Show of hands. Um, so, um, what we sometimes do is we might ask questions from Smash Hits magazine from oh, the early 80s. Okay, yeah. All right, okay, uh, green so. is my favourite colour. Well, n- mm, no, that's, no, that's question three, four, and five, oh, so we'll, we'll miss these. These were asked to David Coverdale of Whitesnake. Oh, all right. right. Okay, so um, I'll ask one of these. Okay. Where do you buy your trousers? Uh, my wife buys them. Lovely. Okay, well... I'm not sure where. <laughs> <laughs> she has a source. One. Why? Okay, thank you, Will. Will's got that one down. Uh, where are your four houses? Uh, my four houses... Um, well, they've... Uh, well, my four houses... Um, my last four houses are in uh, Tottenham, uh, Australia, and uh, Bromham, and Purton Hall... That's the last four places I've lived. I, I, I don't have four houses, to be honest. I'm not. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine, no problem. Um, equally, can you tell us about... I heard something about a restaurant performance in Edinburgh. It's a, it's a thing. It's called La Conceptor. It's a conceptual restaurant. It's a restaurant. The tagline to it is, all the rigmarole of haute cuisine without the shame of eating. <laughs> so it's a, theater, restaurants are theatre anyway, like, you know, the backdrop and the, the waiter. So basically, it's a one-man show for eight people at a time. It started off as four people at a time, or two people, and then, uh, then it was four people and. In its state that it is now, um, I've got it. It fits in a suitcase, which is my criterion uh, for this that. show, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, slightly larger. But um, so it fits in a suitcase, and uh, I set up a sort of abstract space, like in a, in a field, ideally, with a, a collapsible proscenium arch, uh, copyright trademark, patent applied for, um, with the words La Conceptor hanging from it. And I stand there as the maitre d', and I welcome you, and then uh, I transform into the waiter, and there's a, there's a menu, and there's, and what we serve is art rather than food. So you get a dish, which is a there's a, a performance attached to it, or there's something to think about, or something to do. So there's these different dishes. For example, um, uh, absence de mango, uh, sweet juicy mango fruit suddenly removed. Mm, just the thought of it. <laughs> so, for example, that's one. Uh, anyway, so there's, there's, um, there's all the ring of, of you know menus and choosing and, and things being brought to you. And you'd think, you'd basically do a show for eight people, you think, well, that's going to be tough. But it sort of works because we're sort of familiar with the format right. of uh, the restaurant mm. and, and sitting down and someone bringing you a thing. And, um, but it's very fragile, not very fragile, not as fragile as I thought it might have been, but um, when it goes wrong, it does go wrong. As in, uh, you probably wouldn't notice if you were in it, but sometimes it's been the most brilliant thing I've done it like, like wow, like the laughter when everyone gets aboard. Occasionally, you'll get someone who's uh, not so pleasant, um, uh, it just doesn't quite understand what's going on. Uh, or you can just get like eight people who just sort of 
quietly giggling to themselves, and there's no atmosphere to it. But um, but I'd say eight out of ten performances of it have gone well. Uh, and I did it like, but to to make money out of it, or you know, enough to live on, you have to do it like five, six times a day. So it was, uh, I did it for a month in Carnaby Street in a disused shop, and um, I, I, it started off as it was about. I imagine it would be about 40 minutes, mm. but it, it extended to about 50, and then I had about six minutes to just set everything up again, and then, oh, fuck, they're outside. <laughs> and then uh, I'll in again. <laughs> By the end, I'd done that like six hours. Yeah. I used to, I had so much adrenaline, I used to run to the tube. <laughs> get home, bottle of red wine just to, just to null me out, and then get up and go do it again. Um, so that's so, a, it almost sounds like working in, in a restaurant. Yes, it's very, it's, <laughs> I have a lot of sympathy. I did feel like a restaurateur as well. You know, <laughs> other people there, rest- there was a, a restaurateur, you know, we sort of we were at the same place every day at, yeah. at five o'clock, setting up, you know, same table. table. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think I had more work because it was just me. You know, yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, favourite Wham record? Uh, oh, it's a good one. Yeah, uh, well, that was one for um, David Coverdale well, of White Snake. Wake me up before you go there. That's good, isn't it? Uh, uh, I am very uh, wise. Guys realise there's danger in emotional ties. <coughs> that comes back to me. That's better than the original in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Well, thank, thank you. Uh, what have you got in your pockets? Uh, <laughs> phone keys. To, no, uh, phone keys. Um, false nose. False nose. Yeah. Do you, have you got a false nose? I haven't. No, I've just got the, I've just got the normal one. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. Yeah. You know, uh, purpose and that, made. And that will get you into most clubs, exclusive clubs, and, <laughs> and whatnot. Brilliant. Well, is, it, is that a London thing? Is that like a southeast thing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very London. We don't have it in the southwest. No, no, no. no. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Looks, Tell the others. No, I will. <laughs> I will. It'll get you into places. <laughs> really? It gets you into places. Yeah. yeah we have to pay to get in here. Oh, not with the false nose, you No, no. Straight <laughs> in. You know, front of the queue. Just, you know. Southeast types, you've got the lot, haven't you? Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. False noses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, have you got any O levels? Loads. Loads. Lovely. Lovely. Well, this has been Simon and William from Sorry Not in Service talking to Simon Munnery. Thank you very much, Simon. Th- thank you very much. So, thank you, Simon and William. It's been, it's been a real pleasure. Which one, one, of, which one of you is the Simon? I'm the Simon. The oh, bless you. Yeah, no, bless you. No, no, no. He's the outsider to our little club. The Quantopod. There is a legend going back to the early 1800s of Hoard of Treasure, which has been buried in the Quantock Hills, situated in the Vale of Taunton Dean, a short distance from the county town of Taunton. The Quantock Hoard! Within minutes they were at Sean's house. They knocked at the door, rang the bell, and, but it seemed to take ages for Sean to answer the door. He had been drilling holes in the kitchen wall to put up a kitchen cabinet after altering the kitchen slightly before he started to redecorate the walls and retile the floor, but eventually he had answered the door, and could see at once they seemed worried and anxious. The Quantum Court! Right, I think we've got the, a picture of that. Uh, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Simon, you're a consummate professional. You just told me that I could kill it, so I did. No, I wasn't expecting you to kill it like that. Yeah, I think we've got a picture. <laughs> Well, we did. Um, You're a monster. We've got another uh, solstice tale. Well, it, it's kind of a solstice tale. It's something that came out of the solstice. Um, uh, along with William and I, uh, Emma and uh, my darling wife, Carla, uh, we were joined by uh, good chums, Tom Reed and Jules... Uh, oh, Vern. Oh, I don't know her surname. Vern. I've got a fr- I think it's something like... Vern. Vern. Um, <laughs> lovely people. And anyway, it, it transpired that Tom has been um, diligently listening to our show since we started. 
and uh, we were just reminiscing about the shows and it made me feel like a proper person. And in the no sleep zone that I found myself in on Saturday morning, I, I, that yeah, I, um, I told him that um, I was going to write him a poem and uh, read it on air. So Tom, assuming that you're listening, this poem goes out to you. Tom Reed, Tom Reed, may your ears forever be freed from tyranny and greed, and as such are freed to accept our radio feed. Indeed, indeed. Rido, reday, hip, hip, hooray, for you done foray into our show, Radio Radier. <laughs> Thomas, nice man, o'er hills and land, kind words to you and Anne. Hoost is Anne. She lived near my gran. T.R. T.R. How lucky we are that thou'st be listener, both near and afar. Friendly Tom, friendly Tom, you have done nothing wrong. You listen to our song and always hum along. TVT, TVT, so grateful are we to have your company by weekly in your headphones and on a slightly less frequent basis in real life as well. Turala, turale. Medic. That was for you, Rickonel. That was I like trains by Little Juice Juice. Does he like trains, Richard? Never I think it? at best he's ambivalent about trains, but he likes <laughs> at best. Uh, but I, I do think he likes the uh, culture that surrounds them in a similar way that, um, you know, you can like Bob Marley, but not necessarily Toke de Bifter. <laughs> Three little birds. Um, well, there you go. So that's uh, a song for Richard. Happy birthday, Rich. Uh, yeah. May you... Um... <laughs> may, may, what? So we've got plenty coming up. I would actually like to talk about junk mail, William. Junk mail? Yeah, uh, and I, I received a particularly good bit of junk mail uh, yeah. uh, earlier in the week, and uh, I'd like to just recap over it, if you would be so kind. I'm not going to read all of it. There are some bits that sort of jumped out at me. The, the email began, uh, it's from uh, Mrs. Colleen. Oh, Mrs. She's Colleen. She's the administrative manager at a vault of financial and security institute there in Madrid. Okay, she no, I don't she know begins that. her uh, email with attention, <laughs> which is always... Uh, the way I like to start my emails. Yeah, yeah that's a good so way to get people involved. Uh, basically, there's an abandoned sum of 12.9 million US dollars. Because <laughs> you would. In, uh, in their safe deposit vault. But the thing is, it, the trouble is it belongs to one of their foreign customers, an international oh, businessman, no, no less. Uh, a citizen of our country. Uh, but but here's, the, here's the weird thing. They share the same surname as me. How extraordinary. So this businessman that's deposited $12.9 million uh, in, in this bank account in, uh, in Madrid shares the same surname as me. However, here comes the crux of the issue. Yeah. This person died, along with his entire family, on the 11th of March 2006 in a ghastly car accident in Porto. Sounds ghastly. Yeah. How big's this guy's family? Well, I don't know. That's I mean, quite they, small. They, they if don't... it's a car accident, <laughs> that's, that's this is, it renders especially ghastly by the fact there are eighteen people in it. Yeah, that's the in thing. a so, Mini Cooper. So basically, Colleen, Mrs. Colleen, uh, is uh, is looking for uh, a benefactor for these uh, funds, obviously, because just anyone the with the, the same works. surname. Yeah. Well, no, no. no um, qualifications, obviously. Well, basically, they've they've been expecting a, a beneficiary to come forward, but nobody came for, for the claim. That's weird. Um, the Institute, this is the Institute uh, of Financial and Security in Madrid, 
has um, exploited all its ethical possibilities <laughs> in order to contact possible relations or inheritors. No success. They've exploited of, all of it. We're out of ethical possibilities. So we've, all, we've run through all the available ethical... The, 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 the charities there won't touch this. <laughs> no, I'd better send a round robin by email. <laughs> so, uh, so there you go. Um, anyway, it, it, she goes on to say, she's almost 110% sure that no one is aware of the existence of these funds. 109? <laughs> yeah, she's possibly 109, could be 111. Also, she's almost 110% sure. Significantly more elliptical than this email suggests when she was dealing with the ethical possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else knows, or she's just mowing people down. Why not get into this car immediately afterwards with your whole family? <laughs> well, uh, she goes on to explain that... Um, uh, the Bank of Spain has mandated our institute to release the funds to the inheritor. Well, somebody does know. Yeah. Failure to respond to this ultimatum would legally allow the Bank of Spain to confiscate these funds as unclaimed. <laughs> She's used the word confiscate there. So, um, so I think the situation. If I follow this right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she's she's got this money. There's no heir, there's no other family members. The Institute has exploited all of their ethical <laughs> possibilities. She's almost 110% sure that no one is aware of these funds. 109. And if, unless anyone comes forward to claim this $12.9 million, um, then um, the bank would legally... The, 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 then they would be legally allowed to confiscate the funds as unclaimed. So there's some urgency here, because Colleen yeah. desperately seems to want to get rid of these funds. Yes, um, yes. They must go ah, to... Ah, well, here's the thing. Yes. Upon your acceptance to cooperate, I agree that 30% of this money will be for you. Really? But 30 what happens to the other 70%, William? I imagine... Just or 80% in her I imagine... <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually, yeah. yeah. Well, I imagine Colleen will confiscate it herself. 60% uh, <laughs> will be confiscated for Mrs Colleen. Uh, the further 10% will go to any acceptable charity organisation. What's an unacceptable charity <laughs> organisation? <laughs> I don't know, but they're not getting it. Uh... I nearly named Paul. Carry on. The final bit I want to talk about is that she follows that with, please note, I have only discussed this with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so for the time being, please communicate with him, Mr Marriott. Mr Marriott? Yes. Wow. Yeah, so uh, there no. you go, listeners. That's a little bit of junk mail that I received. I assume it's junk mail, unless Mrs Colleen is genuine, in which case I hope she doesn't confiscate all that money and yes. gets in contact once more. Mrs Colleen, if you're listening, I'm very interested. Very now, coming up now is a lovely bit of indie music by the lad Beck. Oh, Richard's bloody 8-bit thing's still going. How do you turn it off? There's a thing around here somewhere, I think. Hang on. Sorry about this, listeners. Try and get the proper indie music going. What is this? Indie Drive, engage! was, of course, Peru Boo with uh, the modern dance. Lots of yes. dancing going on in here, I noticed. Oh, 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 oh. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Carnivore in the studio. This is Sorry Not In Service on 10 Radio. And uh, here's a quick word from one of our sponsors. Hi, my name's Ian Ferretti, and I'd like to talk to you about Ian Ferretti's mobile disco library. If you are a fan of disco and breathing, then this is the place for you. We've got everything from Jane Austen to the Rocksteady crew. And you can have a dance and a ring. It's all good. Yeah, and see you then. Bye. Um, right, Bob, um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
Were you taken by Ian Verity's yeah. mobile disco library? Yes, I was. Are you going to be waiting for it to drive round and so. pick you up yeah, yeah. for a bit of a read oh, and a dance? I'll have a read and a dance. Good. Um, Bob, I want to talk to you about something that you alerted me to, uh, God, it must be two or three weeks ago. Um, a bit of plagiarism. Oh, yeah. That, that you, uh, Bob, very... Oh, yeah. It was wonderful. It turns out, in some for some reason, you were listening to BBC Radio One. That's right. Yeah, um, I was in the car with my mother, and um, for some reason, she's listening to Radio One. What? <laughs> oh, what, what kind of dweeb uh, would do that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Scott Mills comes on, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Alan Titchmarsh, blah blah blah," with his lackey or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, they were like basically. Did your bits? Thank you, Bob. Thank, well, thank like, you for alerting us to it. Now, I've, there's a video up on YouTube where I've sort of spliced these two things together, and um, but I'm, I'm going to play a bit now, and hopefully you'll uh, you'll see what Bob's referring to. So uh, this, this is Scott Mills. Then I'm going to fast forward because it's quite long into, into our bit, and I think you'll see some similarities. So, apart from the fact they've paid money for Alan Titchmarsh's audio book, that's that's by the by. <laughs> it looks fine when you open the book, but then what you don't know when you just see the book without hearing it is that. The gardener ends up having a steamy affair with one of the TV station's newsreaders. Let me just play you a clip from the audiobook, read by Alan Titchmarsh himself. Echoing inside his head, he found his arms around her and his lips on hers. She was so soft. Sorry if you're having your lunch. So sweet. So tender. She drew away from him a little and, looking all the while into his eyes, she took his hand and led him towards another door. Opening it with one hand, she softly pulled him into the shadowy bedroom. Right, I'm going to fast-forward this, because it is quite long. But um, So anyway, they're, to, they're doing that, and this sounds remarkably similar to this. And I want you to be looking at his face while I read the extract from his book, Mr. McGregor. So there's the sexy music underneath. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah. It's quite nice. Right, so this is from Mr. McGregor by Alan Partridge. Alan Titchmarsh. <laughs> Slowly, Serena pulled him towards the bed, flipped up the corner of the duvet, then fell back and pulled him on top of her. Now, it's written think, by Alan Titchmarsh, remember this? I think we can all agree that that is nothing short of plagiarism. Yeah. Oh, and I should also yeah. point out that Mills did his bit after we did. So, um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's important to sort that out of the timeline, yeah. though, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Before you so, take um, it to court. So, look, Dad always taught us, William and I, to um, to pick our fights, and uh, we've picked ours. Mills, we're coming to get you. If anybody, you. if anybody knows Scott Mills or anybody to do with Radio 1, tell them that there's two exciting DJs in uh, Wibbliscombe right in now, Wibbliscombe, but, yeah. but living in Somerset in a more broad sphere. We'll travel to and, pursue um, our radio. We're, we're, we're coming for you, Mills, and we're yeah. going um, to take your ass down to Funky Town. And... Yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah, uh, we, we've got beef with you, we, and we've got Carnivore backing us up. Oh, yeah. That's right, Carnivore's going to be the soundtrack to us whooping your ass, Mills. Um, <laughs> Bob, thank you very much for pointing that out to it's us. And a bleak um, scene. like I said, if um, if anybody, yeah, that's right, Bob just standing over us as we whoop his ass in the street. <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, if anyone knows anyone to do BBC, just 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 tell. BBC me. as a whole. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm up to the whole corporation. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. for this. For that. Uh, enjoy the, uh, the the song Ghost Rider by the pop group um, Suicide, which is of course a shame. Nathaniel Consequences Assassination Services are proud to sponsor. Sorry, not in service. If you have a problem, don't sweat. Just get on the phone 
and we'll send out one of our dedicated team right away. Quote, look out, he's got a gun for a chance to win a free and unexpected hit. Nathaniel Consequence. I've never heard of him. Well, crikey Moses, that was Battles with um, a song by them. And before that, it was Loop with Beach Town. Now, listeners, uh, before those songs, we were discussing what um, our competition entrants thought Moira Stewart's ultimate night out would be like. Yes. And we were very excited to have on the line this evening Moira Stewart herself. Moira, good evening. Good evening. Thank you, Moira. Um, will you? Uh, yeah, well, before we start, uh, how did you uh, feel when you found out that you were the subject of our competition? I was really surprised and a bit apprehensive, a little worried, and then I thought, yeah, go for it. Oh, fair enough then, and uh, okay, that's, uh, let's, uh, let's cut to the chase. Uh, Moira Stewart, what would be the backbone to your ultimate night out? Spirits, beer and wine, and a packet of 20 cigarettes. Well, uh, fair enough, Moira. Uh, who, would t who would you like to share your, uh, your, your night out with? The Chief Constable of Sussex, Prince Charles, and an unarmed man. Fair enough. Fair enough yeah. <laughs> um, well, who, who wouldn't? I mean, that sounds like a, a, a gripping group of people. Yeah, William, how much would you spend on you, on food on your night out? £55. Fair enough. And, and how much do you think you would spend on average on drink? £5,720. Oh, blimey, that's, uh, that's a fair whack then. Uh, so, do you have any left? Unfortunately not. Everything's in the can. <laughs> well, that's a, probably a bit more information than we were expecting, Moira, but thank you very much for being so lucid with us. Uh, when you're dancing on a night out, how much attention would you say you get from the guys? It goes up by the rate of inflation. Well, that makes sense. That's, yeah, that's, that's maths. Well, well, Moira, thank you very much for joining us uh, on air and sorting out all of those little issues that we've been having. Um, well, from both of us. Yeah. Good evening, Moira. Good evening. Good evening. And that was Moira Stewart, everybody. So if you're in, a, you're in any doubt about uh, what Moira's ultimate night out would be, I think you'll find she has just answered your queries. Medic. Gordano, this is uh, Simon from Sorry Not In Service, and, and, and Gordano, it's Will. And uh, this, is, um, this is Alex Horn with us as well. Hello, do I need to say Gordano? You, well, you can if you want. If you want to feel mm, part, of the, part really. of the gang, you don't want no, to. No, thank you. No, OK, so, right, OK, well, mm. immediately off on a... On a mm. bit of a bad note there. Yeah. That's all right, no problem. Um, mm. okay. Now, Alex okay. Horn is a, uh, a popular comedian man who is um, mm. playing this evening man. in Exeter Phoenix. Yeah. No, I'd say you're yeah. a man. Yeah, I mean, no, so, I don't so, think so, the man is correct there. Yeah. Yeah. The other two bits I was. All right, well, you mm. call it. I mean, you're somewhere between. No, yeah, I'd say you're a popular comedian. Let's man. put it to the populist vote. Okay. Yep. Two really? hands up. Oh, Two hands yeah. up, guys. Yeah. So there's a majority in the room that says he's a popular comedian, Matt. Change the passport. We've also got some questions from Smash Hits magazine mm. uh, from 1983. Questions that were asked from the public mm. to the pop group Culture Club. Yeah. So I'm going to chuck in a few of those. The popular yeah. pop group Culture Club? They were quite popular. Yeah. yeah. Certain members of them have become less popular mm. over the years because of um, really? uh, deeds that they've done. Deeds. Good deeds, yeah. Deeds. Um, what do your kids Just think John. of Culture Club, Alex? My kids are... Obviously fans, but the um, I, I guess because of the deeds, yep. they have gone off them. I mean, my kids are aged one, three, and four. Right, so okay, not, so they're not, not probably the... in the middle of the target area, group. No. But, uh, I mean, they're, yeah, the younger two are definitely, they've, you know, they've got all the, all the albums. Haven't we all? Mm. Well, 
Yes, yes. yes. We have a, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that's lovely. Um, William, do you have a question for Alex Horn? Uh, uh, a question from William. Yeah, a question yeah. here coming in. Uh, ah, what was the uh, genesis of your first Edinburgh show? It was my first show. I was a student, and uh, it's called How to Avoid Huge Ships, and it was not a good show, but it was probably the best month of my life. In that it was, we were up in Edinburgh as students, and nothing was hanging on it. I didn't want to be a comedian. We were just up there to have a laugh. The show was, I think, appalling. But although the other people in it, Tom Bell, who's gone on to be a really good mm -hmm. comedian, and a girl called Emma Conway, who's gone on to be a TV producer in America. America? So, yeah. <laughs> wow. We've all heard of it. Yeah, who's, absolutely. Who's been ne in never it? been there. No, no. nor have so, um, so good people, and we had a really good time, but it was a dreadful. We sort of went up thinking we could just, you know, we'll workshop it throughout the month, by the end it'll be brilliant, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. Well, actually, that kind of leads on to my next question. Mm. Um, but I'm going to reword it slightly. Yeah, Ooh, better. If things had have gone uh, belly up, uh, okay. After that show, right, right. What do you think you'd have been doing career-wise, yeah. other than See, again, this? If I'd been lying, it's much easier to answer this. But I can't. I don't feel I can anymore. So the truth is, I would have been a journalist. Oh right, okay. I went to journalism college. Nice. That's the journalist. Does that matter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you say the J word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Oh, he said the J word. Do you mind that? No, that's it's great. It adds yeah. a bit of flavour to the internet. Yeah, I like it. It needed that, I think. Yeah. yeah, I was going to be a journalist, and I was a journalist for the West Sussex Gazette for about four oh. months. Yeah, I, was, okay. I was people's, the people's correspondent, which meant I did um, <laughs> Golden Weddings and Dead Pets. <laughs> wow. Okay. And there's a lot of that going on? In, An in awful lot of uh, both of those. Really? Normally linked, yeah. Linked? Yeah, yeah, there's a sort of ritual that happens down in Sussex. <laughs> Golden wedding, kill a pet. Kill a pet, or kill both pets, normally. Really? Yeah. Wow. wow, well, I'm glad you're here in Devon and away from all that horror. Thank you. If your life depended on it, which toy record would you do a cover of? It's a big hit, isn't it? It is a big hit. I don't know what situation that would be. I haven't yeah. put it in caps, but... Okay. Uh, yeah. Which, um, which what, who? Toya. Toya, Toya Wilcox. What is Toya, Toya Wilcox? Toya, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it's her... I mean, it'd have to be her main one. The, um... We... We can rock you. We can rock you. Yeah, she did. We can rock you. I'd imagine we can yeah. rock you. As we the way can rock you. Yeah, absolutely. We may or may not rock you, dependent on circumstance. Mm. Um, we should probably ask a couple. William, you should probably ask a question. Should I? Yeah, I did. Of course. I was thinking that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, the aforementioned uh, Alex Horn breaks the news. I'd mm. like to see a return. Yeah, yes, there's going to be another series. I really enjoy doing podcasts. I guess like this, mm. yeah. but it's even unlike normal radio where you have a schedule and it has to fit within that podcast you do whatever length you want if it's rubbish you just cut it down to 10 minutes or yeah I really love it so yeah we're doing another series in some you know in a month in a building in a building yeah in a building in any given month I think in June you know well I must say we'll take another poll who enjoys Alex Horn Breaks the News oh really yeah yeah well it's another one where you think surely no one's listening to it but because it's pushed by Dave that does help because it means that they some publicity, but um, yeah, it's good fun. What time do you get up on Sundays, and yeah. what do you do? Well, yeah, you know, how is this interview working yeah. out for you? Oh, I enjoyed that last one. I mean, I think more interview. I think if you if Parky had a policy, you know, if you could just say, Nah, not really, not, Parky, not, not for me, no, that's fine, <laughs> move on. Yeah, yeah. well, on that it's note, terrible. uh, we're gonna say goodbye to Alex Horn and um. We'll um, we'll look forward to seeing your show See you tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lovely. Bye bye. Uh, shake the hand. Bye bye. Loudly. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Shake the hand. All right. Uh, bye. Bye. Yeah. Hello. This is Betty Boothroyd. If you enjoy men behaving badly, well, why not join my Men Behaving Badly Reenactment Society?
You too can be Tony or Gary or Deborah or Dorothy. Why not see what crazy scrapes you get yourself into? There's bound to be hilarious consequences. Why not look back on your visit in 20 years time with a sense of shame? Go on, join in. Fetch us a lager. One more time. Medic. Oh look, I've got an email. It's sat there in my inbox. Let's have a read and see what it says and then do everything it instructs me to. Ha oh, ha, you f***ing idiot. I'm junk mail. I'm gonna screw you over. Take you for every penny you're worth, you f***ing puppet. Uh, what do you think I am, genuine? Uh, you must be joking, you doting twice. Send us your bank details. Too much? Oh, that's about right. <laughs> that's just the right level for quarter to nine on a Friday evening. That's on the nose, yeah. So anyway, that was uh, yes. Yeah, so, so it's time for some junk mail now, listeners. I received some junk mail on a day, which is uh, which is unusual, and it starts thus: "Dear friend." Now yeah. we've had one of these before, haven't we, dear friend? Dear friend. Dear friend. So oh, immediately, on her side, I am Mrs. Maria, the head of file department in Bank of Africa. I seek your assistance. <laughs> File department. The head of file department. File department. File department in Bank of Africa. Oh. She's got access to the files. BOA. If you want your files released, head to Mrs. Maria in, in the BOA. Um, I seek your assistance and I assured of your capability to champion this business opportunity. <laughs> I seek your assistance and I assured of your capability to champion this business opportunity. This is head of file. This is head of file. Maria. No, the head of file department. Mrs. The head Maria. of file department, of course, yes. Yeah, so it's a business opportunity to remit 10.5 million US dollars. Remit? Yes. As in, like, to receive. Okay. So, uh, championing business opportunity to remit 10.5 million US dollars, full stop. Into your account. If you're, <laughs> if you're interested, let me know so that I can send you the details of this transaction. I agree that 40% of this money will be for you. 10% uh, will be set aside for expenses. So that's 10%. 10%. That's, that's $1.5 million set aside for expenses. So uh, looking forward to this transaction immensely. It's going to be quite an extraordinary expense. <laughs> and 50% will be kept by Mrs. Maria. Good old Mrs. Maria, my friend. Yes. Um, this is the will. This is the what? Full stop. This is the will. Yep. Full stop. Ich will. <laughs> this is actually written by Rammstein. Possibly. I'm not sure how they're doing these days. But this is this is the first thing you say to your co-workers when you arrive every morning, isn't it? This is the will. This is the will. I, I do. I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> that does tally. Here comes the here comes the humdinger. Ooh. If you are interested off these business, contact <laughs> me in my private box. <laughs> I will get back to you immediately. I dare say you will, Mrs. Maria. I dare say you will. So, uh, so there you go. I mean, the thing I like about this, obviously, it's riddled with spelling mistakes. She's, you know, the, the way to get in contact with her is through her private box. Um, she's setting aside <laughs> one, well, just over a million pound, million dollars for uh, admin. But also, there's no backstory with the junk mail we've had previously. It's all been like so and so with your certain sharing your surname has died in a. Boat explosion. They got their money from the the hero um, Muammar Gaddafi. Yeah, exactly. And 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 blah de blah 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 blah. Whereas this is quite straightforward. I've got ten and a half million dollars. Do you want to share it? Speak to me uh, by by contacting me in my private box. So um, that's my junk Stop mail. Saying it. I really want to carry on saying it. <laughs> until everybody knows. So. Um, so <laughs> 
Regards, Mrs. Maria, call me on zero two two six six five three six nine seven five seven. So, listeners, if I don't get to the phone first, then I would suggest you call that number. Uh, this is Holland nineteen forty five. Oh, no, it's not. That's, That's terrible. Rubble. This is That's Holland nineteen forty five. One, two, three, four. Medic, medic, medic. Also, we had the email saying <laughs> the email. This email. What's <laughs> getting this email these days? Uh, my picnic, bit possessive. Yep. Would be in a nice field during the summer. <laughs> Notes. Nice field. Uh, the sky would have no clouds. Mm. It would be bright, and I would feel warm. <laughs> I'd spend the picnic with my friends, and we'd have a lovely times. Then some zombie would pop to <laughs> off the ground. We'd look at each other, nod, and pull out shotguns from the picnic camp air. The rest of the day would be spent slaughtering zombies before having a few Bourbons biscuits and heading home. Love, the other brother. So that's from Richard, is it? Our that's from Richard. Richard. Our younger Richard, brother, Richard. That is the best email we've received for a long, long time. Thank you very much. That took me on a little journey then. I especially like the Bourbons. Uh, at the end of the day, just finished off with the zombies. Pack the guns away. Fancy a bourbon? Bourbon <laughs> biscuit. I haven't had one of those in ages. Ages. You know, by well, the time you get round to a selection box, the bourbons have gone, haven't they? <laughs> oh, haven't they? Just especially if it's a poor selection. Yes. Better biscuits out there. There certainly are. Well, lovely. Well, that's uh, terrific news, one and all. Yes. Thanks very much. Keep getting in contact. We know you're there. This is Radiohead with body snatchers, like some zombies. <laughs> There is a legend going back to the early 1800s of Hoard of Treasure, which has been buried in the Quantock Hills, situated in the Vale of Taunton Dean, a short distance from the county town of Taunton. The Quantock Hoard! Choco the whole time had listened to what he had said and had forgotten the chocolate he had put in his mouth and bitten down on the once, and then left the two halves at either side of his mouth beside the side of his cheeks and the bottom of his gums. The chocolate had melted and lay as a thick, sweet liquid. He worked his tongue until the liquid was at the back of his throat, and with one long, slow gulp swallowed it. Marcus de Clare rose from his chair, looked at Choco, and those with him. The Quantopod! Ten Radio, kissing our listeners on the ears. Sliders go up. And um, William, do. what was that? That was uh, the Tiger Lilies with uh, something. I don't know. I don't have a track listing for the CD. Fair enough. Thanks, uh, Emma. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, another reason that Barry is here. Uh, not only just another to. Another reason. Another reason. There's two reasons why Barry is here. What was the first reason? <laughs> I, don't know, I had it written down somewhere. But anyway, the, 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 the right. second reason for Barry being here is that he is the winner of our competition. <gasps> And uh, Barry won our competition. competition. Uh, uh, the final round was uh, the audio catchphrase. Um, and um, Barry, the, the first answer was... Um, what was he doing? Wouldn't say boo to a goose. Yes. Oh, that's that's right. Right. He was sidling up to the goose. Really that's right, yeah. He was, his intentions. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, were, you Are What You Eat was... Uh, Mr Chips was eating, eating some Skittles. Yeah. And then turned into a Skittle. Yeah. So, you know, Barry said what So he, he became what he was eating. Yeah. Exactly. He sort of worked so back from there. And the third one was, well, it was a bit controversial because what William and I were trying to do was, um, 
What were we trying to do there? Son? Was, um, was really explained Mr. Chips being um, a third wheel. Yeah. Uh, he was on a unicycle. But Barry's um, guess for <laughs> guess answer for number three was. Um, which t- which one are you reading out there? Two's t- 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 <laughs> company th- is three's a crowd, oh, right. which is what yeah. we accidentally ended up doing. We we, we were aiming. It co- yeah, if you what listen is back, he on a unicycle. Well, that's quite the question. It's pointless. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need for him to be on a unicycle. It doesn't fit. No disputing that. Anyway, listeners, go to sorrynotinservice.com and the page you do it, and you can listen to the clues and work out for yourself. But then you have you've just given the answers. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Top work, Simon. Shut up, Perry. Anyway, Barry was, as with the first challenge of our six challenges, the only entrant, and therefore. <laughs> By default, I win! With his 20-point advantage over the rest of the competition. So Barry uh, has 32 points, leading the table. Second place is the mysterious Yodar. Uh, We don't know who that is, so Yodar, please email us with your email address, um, postal address. And in third place is Dr Colin Summers, who I think you know very well. Yes, I have heard of him, yes. I'm sure you have. So the Summers household is, you know, presumably over these last six shows have been sort of a hotbed of... um, of, uh, creativity, creativity, oh, yeah, and, and and rivalry as well. You know, yeah. who's going to win? Barry wins. So Barry, I'm going to pass <laughs> you over your. Um, well, we we we've been calling it stationary, it's but not really it's stationary. kind of anything but. Only the pen is stationary. <laughs> so Barry, the rest is mobile. The re- yeah, the rest well, is you can you can give Barry mobile. that. Right, that's, okay. um, just send it round the side there. I feel like we should do more than just hand right, it over. Oh, in that case, then I can do that. Hold on, I've got a theme tune for this bit. Cheers. Yep. Uh, so um, we're going to just give Barry the second bit of sort of stationery. It's um, which one's that? That's the um, that's that's the uh, keyring torch thing. So um, we'll just. Um So there's the, um, there's key, the, ring there's the, there's the key ring torch there, Barry. Don't yeah. shine it in your eye because it is actually quite powerful. Powerful. Yeah. You see, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like he's like a cat who's just sort of like what being given a tea ring, a tea ring, tea ring like uh, sort of tickly nose, sort of like. Mm. Anyway, so that, that's for you, Barry. And um, finally, in your prize hall is um, <laughs> is this tape measure. <laughs> Just give Barry that tape measure. Amazing. <laughs> Cheers, <So>. mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Barry, can, well, can you give that? That's for Colin. All oh, right, yeah. Give Third place prize yeah, for Colin. Colin gets a tape measure. Stop playing with your tape measure, Summers. Time for that. So, um, Barry, what do you say? Thank you. Very good. Simon, what do we say? 
Well done. Well done. Well done. And uh, if you'd like to say on Colin's behalf. Thank you. Yes, quite well. Well done, Colin, well as well. Colin. Well done, Yoda. So there we are, Barry, your uh, stationary sort of and um, with our faces on it. So you can look at our faces whilst you're measuring um, what? Distance. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. And writing things in the dark. <laughs> exactly, with your torch and your pen. And is the tape retractor broken on this one? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, this one's. I'm just trying to see how long this is just to give the listeners a flavour of. Must length. be two metres. <laughs> it's, um, it's 114 inches, which is, is 289 it? centimetres. This is a what a strange measurement to stop at. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not make it three metres. <laughs> Let's make it because that would be ridiculous. So um, there we are, Barry. And uh, where were we? Oh, here we are. And another four. Medic, 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 medic. Perfect. This is top radio. musical journey that was listeners that mm. was Erland Uye with Athlete and before that was oh I can't remember what was before that it was uh, Ring the, the Bell one. by Yacht uh, in capital letters so actually it's Yacht, Yacht. so some, where was that uh, musical journey to um, <laughs> I don't know again haven't I you have a little bit flummox me slightly there well Erland Uye oh, yeah. is um, I think he's Norwegian he's in uh, he's one of the singers in Kings of Convenience and uh, actually no that's a very good point that album that it was from uh, yeah. it, it Listeners, this, uh, if, if you're interested, this is going to be proper sort of radio talk. The album that that was from, which is called Unrest, is uh, an album where Erland Uye travels, travels the world, hooking up with different electronic producers and uh, songwriters, and they collaborate. Each song is from a different place. So oh, wow. it really is a an musical actual, journey. Yeah, like the band Journey. Yes, absolutely right. Yes, certainly. And a band is like the band, the band. Um, uh, I've been outside for a a puffer. I've been to Pufferton. And up on the hill in Wivy, there are some tractors with their lights blaring. Blaring? Glaring. (laughs) Glaring. um, Picking up what I seem as grass from the fields. And it's a wonderful sight. It really is. It's it's such an exciting... I work in agriculture now, and it's such an exciting time of year when when the the, the fields are getting... um it is quite up. strange because I mean, before you started, before you managed to get a job on a farm, mm. you did go through quite a long phase of being quite opposed to being in the countryside at all. <laughs> you really detested it, and now you're back there. You're going, oh no, it was the best one, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it wins. Um, no, it, it, it's great. It's so exciting because all the cows are going to eat their food, and they're going to make the milk glug 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 glug. Well, no, spurt spurt spurt, and then it's going to be put into bottles, and you go glug 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 glug. And then you go, mm, yummy tummy. And then it all the cycle circle sort of carries on as before. And that's farming. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't believe I'm the one that's sleep deprived. <laughs> I know. Neither can I. Hello. Are you an explorer? Do you like venturing? Well head down to Terry's massive spiky boots. They give you grip on big slopes. And I I guess you could also play golf in them. That was a truck by Octopus Project, and uh, what you heard over the end of it was William. Um, what were you doing? Practicing laughing. Practicing laughter. At, uh, uh, because um, well, that was laugh seven. I'm trying to choose a new laugh. Right. Okay. So what was that? Was laugh seven? <laughs> and um, what's laugh six? <laughs> laugh two. 
Laugh eight. <laughs> Stop the laughter. <coughs> this is no time for laughter. I have an anecdote. <laughs> I went. Which laugh do you want at the end of this anecdote? <laughs> laugh three, please. Okay. Uh, I went to a hairdresser's. It's an ordinary thing for someone to do. <laughs> My ilk. And uh, she's, the, the hairdresser told me a story, which is a fun story, Ooh, and it ah. involves the, uh, the the popular comedian Jethro. Uh, Tull? No, just Jethro. Anyway, it, it appears that the hairdresser went to see him at the Octagon Theatre, which is in brackets Yeovil, mm-hmm. and... Right. Uh, and uh, she had a lovely time because it was her sort of thing. And um, they went to the Esso garage on the way home in South Petherton. And who did they see in the Esso garage in South Petherton? Jethro Tull. Jethro, not Tull oh, as such. Jethro, Jethro the, yeah. the same comedian that they'd been seeing Jethro in, in Yeovil. And um, so there was no one else in the shop, so she thought she'd... Um, she'd he was uh, running the Esso. No, there was a <laughs> staff member... He's not on the board of Esso. He's a regional <laughs> comedian. And <laughs> works in an Esso. No, he was shopping there. Anyway, anyway, that's not important. Apparently it was unattended. There there was there was three people in the shop. Jethro, the regional comedian. The man behind the counter, brackets woman, could have been either. And the lady hairdresser who was Chopping my hair when telling me this anecdote. I used to work with one of those confusions where you're up. not sure which one they are. It's really shut difficult. Up. Yeah, shut up. So anyway, here comes the punchline. We ready? Laugh three, set. Turns out that, she, that so she goes. I want to. Uh, I want to go get Jethro's autograph. So she uh, sort of sidles up to him. <laughs> no, not yet. That's not the funny bit. And um, and she asks him for his autograph. And Jethro says. Uh, no, I just want to be treated like a normal person. Stop invading my privacy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was a good anecdote. William fell out of laugh number three there into proper laugh because <laughs> it was a good anecdote. <coughs> we're going to uh, we're going to hear from one of our sponsors, and then Who's we're going to hang for this. We're going to uh, hear from one of our sponsors, and then we're going to go straight into a musical song called Pot Cover by General Degree. So do enjoy. Hey fellas, you're looking for somewhere to get a beer late after work and see some sports or some such on the TV? Then you should get down to the Crumb Bucket. It's down Westminster Street in Siren Cest or someplace. Anyway, it's got a pool table and Brian the Bomber, he is a nice guy. So get yourself down to the crow bucket. This our Nanium Bad Cover. Good grief. Good lord. That was noisier than more exciting than I thought it would be. Yeah, that was um, this time of night. Odessa by Caribou. Which mm. was really exciting. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Sorry Not In Service on 10 Radio. We made no promises. <laughs> no. Um, we, um, we're very sorry for the last two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's something um, of a disaster. But there you go, that's, uh, that's the nature of uh, live radio. Uh, it <laughs> it's can, disastrous. It can be dreadful. <laughs> this is David Byrne and St Vincent with Who. See you in hell. Press play. Press play. <laughs> 
So there you go. That was a year. That was a year. Uh, Just it, think, listeners, if you applied yourself to make two hours of amazing radio for an entire year, um, do you think you could fill up more than an hour and 20? I couldn't. No, and we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Uh, we're on air every fortnight, Fridays, 8 till 10, on 10radio.org. At the moment. Uh, yeah, at the moment. The sky's the limit. Uh yeah, we're I going won't to be go to Sky. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've nearly signed a contract, finished a negotiated contract to um, do the, the news on Sky TV. We're, we're both going to be news anchors. Wow. That's not how you spell anchor. 